Welcome to the very first episode of the Refuge Net Podcast. This podcast is a resource for all of the members and partners of the Refuge Ministry Network, but also it's a podcast for anyone who is passionate about networking with leaders, empowering churches, and transforming communities for the glory and kingdom of God. So if you're listening right now and you fit that description, please keep on listening and get ready for an impartation from God for your life. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Refuge Net Podcast. I'm David Holly, and I'm the pastor of the Jonesboro West Campus of Refuge Church, which is based in Jonesboro, Arkansas. For this first ever episode of the Refuge Net Podcast, I have the honor and privilege of introducing the pilot of the Refuge Ministry Network, our lead pastor, Matt Smith, and his co-pilot, our multiplication pastor, and the pastor of our campus in Mark Tree, Arkansas, Micah Cottrell. Gentlemen, how are you both doing today? I'm doing great, David. I'm excited about this podcast, getting it started, and and really sharing with uh, with everyone uh, kind of where we've come from, where we're going. So this is a great day, a great day. How we doing, Micah? A lot of great things happening. I'm just excited to be here. I'm thankful for all that the Lord's doing at Refuge Church, and with all three of us here together, it's just going to be a great time. I will 100% agree. You know, when the when the idea for the podcast came up, one of the reasons is because we have such great staff meetings and meetings with each other, sometimes just the three of us out to dinner or just in the hallway. And a lot of times the conversations we have, I always think to myself, I wish more people heard that. And so having a podcast like this, gives us a chance to record some really good conversations for people. And this being the very first, you know, podcast of this network, I just know that the episodes of this one and following are going to bless our podcast partners mm-hmm. and churches that listen. And, and, and also, but Micah, go ahead and real quick. We wanted, we talked about originally, should we keep this within the network? Why do you also feel like the public at large needs to hear episodes like this? I just really think that it gives an open door into everything that God's doing right here at Refuge Church. And, you know, I just really believe that what's here other people need to hear about. And it's not that we have it, have it perfected or that we're, you know, the most amazing of everything, but I do believe that what God's doing here is beneficial and it gives everybody an open door just to kind of what happens here and how our conversations are and the health of our church. And it's just a great opportunity for people to connect with everything that the Lord is doing here. Pastor, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I agree. And mostly because, you know, I am such a great personality that, I mean, who wouldn't want to go deeper into their intimate knowledge of me. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, if there's nothing else, there's me. Well, I first, I first of all get to use this button now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't use those very often, people. But every now and then if the boo hits me, I might. Um, but uh, let's just jump right into it, guys, because I know we got a lot of content you guys really want to cover, and I want to hear all of it, and I want our listeners to hear it as well. As, we were, as was said in the intro, the Refuge Ministry Network, it exists to help network leaders together, empower churches, and transform communities for the glory in the kingdom of God. We're going to get into that in just a little while. But before we get into that, where did the vision for the Refuge Net come from? Like what were some of the moments and or just dreams or prayer times y'all had with God where y'all were like, you know what, we need to form something like this? Pastor Matt, let me start with you. Well, I can tell you for me, um, it kind of was birthed organically in just my ministry journey in the last few years because uh, I I have continued to find myself um, 
surrounded with, connected to people who have a similar spiritual DNA, similar vision as far as what they want to see in their church and their community, uh, and, and, and I've just developed these relationships that have always seemed to be more than just friendships or just acquaintances, but have connected on a deeper level. And I really wasn't necessarily searching those things out, but they keep connecting to us, these people who have a passion and a drive that is similar to ours. Um, and and after after enough of those folks started coming into my life and and some of them I've been blessed to be able to coach or to encourage or to become prayer partner with or whatever it has been, you know, it just began to be evident that this networking thing was a thing and that there was something here um, and and I'm my heart, my inclination is toward pastoring pastors, and uh, you know everybody around me pretty much knows that. And so it it just kind of evolved for me in thought from the reality that I was living and and the networking that was kind of organically going on. And then uh, and then when we moved in uh, in back a couple of years before 2020, when we moved into a um, a mindset at refuge of uh, embracing something the Lord directed us in called the movement, um, where, where we really began to be as a, a congregation aware of the rest of the church world, other churches, uh, how we could add value, how we could uh, take the health and the move of God that God's given us and 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 bless others with that. As we began to be mindful of that vision, uh, then the network of people that the Lord had provided with me uh, came into focus as as a, a, a an outlet and an opportunity uh, for sharing uh, that ministry. So really, for me, it's very very organic through my relationships and then through our church vision is really how that came about. Uh, Mike, Michael, what what did you think about the movement? I know, I know that you were involved. You were here when we launched the movement, and uh, and how did that segue into this network developing for you? For me, I just remember being, because I was on lead team when the movement was launched, and I just remember how I felt. I don't remember every word that was said. I even have your notes on what you what you preached. And um, I just remember how how connected to this that I felt and how it really, it, it touched my heart sitting on the back row back there listening during Volunteer Summit as you talked about what this was going to be and how Refuge was moving into a different season of ministry. And I didn't get the behind the scenes of it until actually probably a couple of years later. The movement caught my heart there in the pew, but I really got to see the behind the scenes of it as we planted the church in Mark Tree in 2019 and I specifically remember going back to a conversation. I don't even know if we've talked about this this much, but I specifically remember a conversation that you and I had very early on before the church was planted. And it was in that meantime of after we announced that we were going to plant a church and then planting the church. I remember standing in your doorway looking at you saying, if this goes well, we might want to do this again. Mm-hmm. I, remember I don't that know if you remember that oh, I do. because I, I remember I, that. and we even had the conversation about well pastor I don't 
you know, even if, if this grows, I may want to plant again in a right. different place and in a different... Yeah, you and, already had that thought. And we hadn't even done it once. Right. And then there came some times in there where I thought, wow, I can't believe that was that was said because I was... That's kind of crazy to have thought that in that moment. But then I look back at now, what we're doing right now is in our hearts. I mean, that was five years ago. Right. And this has been a vision. And I know the movement was in your heart a long time before uh, we even launched into what we're doing right now. But I think as we have gone, this has been the most organic thing that I've ever seen because it it is just like every year a different layer of the onion gets peeled off right. and more of it's revealed. And the launch of the movement was a start of it. Um, I know it even really started longer before that in the induction of lead team back in, I think it was 2012. Yeah. So I know that even then, which that was two years before I graduated high school. So, I mean, I was in 10th grade when the lead, when lead team started, if that puts it in perspective yeah, that's been for 11 anybody. years ago. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming for this to even get to where we are now. And I really feel like where we are is, I mean, it's not just good. I feel like we're at the start of it. I mean, it, as long as this has been, it's just good because I don't feel tired of it yet. Yeah, and I just have to, you mentioned something that I want to make sure that I get out there because uh, I'm sitting on this end of it and kind of have the authority to say so. Um, I just want to encourage uh, those listening and whatever your ministry process is, um, don't be scared of it being slow. Don't be intimidated mm-hmm. by a number of years or months or whatever it may have been that has passed, and you you feel like, wow, have I made any progress? Are we are we getting anywhere? Right. You know. And Pastor Micah just mentioned, you know, really the beginning the beginning of all of what we're doing with planning churches and uh, and the network. Really, it, it goes way 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 back to my my belief that that I'd really heard from the Lord that we were to be involved in planting churches, and that would be back, you know, I don't know, 2010 or something like that. Wow. And so you're, you're talking about 13 years, 12 years, 11 years uh, from inception because we had to develop lead team. And if you're not familiar with lead team, and probably most everyone knows what we're talking about, at least on some level, uh, but that's our leadership development program. And... Uh, uh, and, and, and folks come out of that in the, in the refuge system into both just uh, lay ministry, just they serve in the church, and then some are in pastoral uh, roles right now. And uh, mm-hmm. but that had to be a whole pro- that whole thing had to be developed from scratch. If you're going to be a pioneer with something, you've got to be okay with taking time for the process. Absolutely. Um, because I can tell you now, you know, if that's if it's been at the least 11, 12 years in the making to get to where we are, and I'm I'm with you, we're at the we're at the starting line in yeah. some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I it's interesting. I you know, if if you died today, would you feel like you'd made a mark on the earth? Well, I, you know, I feel like with what's happened at Refuge and planting two churches, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. But wow, it seems like it's such so much the more. Beginning. You're just getting started. It's just getting started. Yeah, and. Um, but if you're going to be a pioneer, you've got to be okay with this may take some time, um, you know, and if you're impatient, you're probably going to have to get that prayed out of your life. Absolutely. You know, I was even thinking just in my head, it's you're looking, you started with a deer trail and you're trying to take it to make it look like an interstate. Yeah. And 
and, and that just takes time. You got to yeah. clear things out. And, yeah. Especially you know, you, if the trail doesn't exist and you're the one blazing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. That's, you're trying to make an interstate out of a deer trail right now. And it just takes time to do those things and being patient Absolutely. and serving. And, and I think it's time. worth bringing up right now. And I, uh, there's, I know there's other things that we plan to talk about today that will allude to this also. Um, when we talk about the, the net, when we talk about lead team, we talk about planting churches, we talk about ministry out and not just up. Um, in many ways, it has been for us blazing a trail because you cannot go to a particular book, a particular conference, a particular expert and find our exact route. No, no. It does, it, it, our, our exact route is just not out there. Um, and, and so that's one of the reasons we feel like documenting everything. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons we feel like the net is important. We feel like these podcasts is important and our calls are because if we are on the unique journey that God seems to have us on, and this is another reason that the network I believe is important is there will be others who are feeling similar in fact, I know some of you listen because we've had these other pastors in the network. We've had this exact conversation that, you know, you know, planning churches, you know, reaching outward and not just upward is for you. Um, then it's necessary for us to document this journey and because uh, this is the path for some. Obviously, it's yeah. not for everybody, right. but, it, but everybody else's path wasn't for us. And so, uh, you know, it was very important to us. So it very much has been clearing the path. And, uh, and in doing so, we want to make sure that if there's others that want to come down this same path, that we are making it easier, at least for them, right. uh, than we've had it in trying to forge our own way forward. That's good. I want to follow up on something to both of you. Pastor, you said uh, one of the things that you feel the Lord has been really developing within you, and the lead team is a prime example of that, is you are a pastor who wants to pastor pastors and who feels that calling and that mantle on his heart. And that's one of the things when we, when I came on staff here, one of the key things you said to me is one of my primary objectives is to pastor you while you're here and whatever that means. Cause most staff pastors don't feel that from their lead pastor. He is no, they don't. usually more in a boss role or in a visionary role. And he's not in a care role for his staff, which is in my opinion, the primary role he probably should be in. If that's, if, that, if that's without the, a doubt, if you look at the life of Christ, he was their boss and their leader, but he pastored those 12 and then that's, that's right. why they were ready. the most time exactly. with the most intense time. with 100%. So yeah. having said that, just real quick, take about, you know, a minute or two minutes and talk about where, where's the, balance for you and you are still serving as the lead pastor of the Refuge Church and all of our campuses. So how do you find the balance in pastoring your lay people and all three of our campuses, but also focusing on pastoring pastors? Well, one thing that, uh, you know, and here's what I found over the years. Most pastors can tell you the right answer and that they are supposed to be pastoring their staff first. Everybody knows that's the right answer. Now, whether everybody's doing that or not Correct. Is, is the other is the other question. And here's what I've learned about that. Number one, as far as balance, your question, I have to evaluate balance in that correctly. And and the correct uh, the correct way to look at that, first of all, is I am pastoring my people when I'm pastoring my staff. That's good. Because if I have a healthy, uh, let's say, if I have a healthy worship pastor. So the way we work here, I empower our staff to really pastor their people. 
and they're encouraged to do it. I'm not going to overstep into their work. They're the closest people to them. So I really want them doing it. And, I, you know, I'm using that, for example, because we have a healthy, very pastoral-minded worship pastor at my campus. Absolutely. Um, you know, in fact, her number one, her number one goal really is, is really how we feel about it, too, is you know she's not as musical-minded first as she is taking care of those under her first. Right. And so when I take care of her, pastoring her, and making her healthy and enriching and empowering her, then what I'm actually doing is I'm doing all of her people a favor. Absolutely. And I am pouring into them by pouring into her. And and if you and, and tell you who struggles with this, the people struggle with this who have gone from being the only pastor to then having a staff. Absolutely. Because if you're used to having to take all the calls, pray for all the people, do all of the counsel, you know, give all the advice. Having and hands on everything. Yes, yes. And then reach the point where you actually divide it up and let someone else do part of it. You will feel like you're failing. Mm -hmm. You will feel like you are not doing part of your job or, you know, you're, you're missing God or, or, or not doing right by the people, but you are doing right by the people by pastoring those those staff members first. And those can be paid pastors or, you know, a, a lot of you have really good volunteers yes. over ministries that they do a great job of pastoring. Well, then your balance needs to be weighed toward uh, pastoring your leaders Absolutely. Um, because they're multiplying your, what you lead it, how you lead them gets multiplied by everybody in their ministry, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, that, that, that's the first way that I really keep that in balance is by realizing I am pastoring my people when I pastor them. And I'm going to tell you something, our, our, young, our, young adult, our senior adult pastor has like 150 people on her role. Absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, number one, there is no way I can even begin to touch mm -mm. what needs to happen there. So, uh, so she, she takes care of the pastor oral care for the, uh, for the seniors mostly. And because it's not something I can do with everything else, especially with all the demands of their physical needs and all of that. So it is imperative, especially with that group that I understand that the more I pour into her and bless her, I am reaching through her into the rest of them. Right. Um, but, it, but it is a mindset change, especially if you've not, if you've not been over staff and you're, 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 you know, moving that direction. And Michael, let me follow up with you real quick. Cause as I said in the intro, not only are you a campus pastor like myself down in Marktree, but also you're the multiplication pastor, which means you are responsible for helping make sure the campuses are healthy and also kind of the execution person when it comes to the refuge net. So from your perspective, finding that balance, being those two things, also being a husband, being a father, being a pastor, being a network person within the Assemblies of God, all of that, where do you find balance and how do you maintain it? Total clarity. I don't know that I've done it that well, so... <laughs> Thank you for the honesty. <laughs> you do a great job, man. I mean, for me, it's the understanding that there are certain days I can't wear two hats at one time and realizing that on one day I'm going to have to be this mm -hmm. and then I'm not going to get to be this and this on that day. You know, on uh, I also, uh, there are things that I do in our city in Mark Tree Absolutely. and on those days... I can only do those things. And, and sometimes that means a call gets or a text message gets waited on a few more hours than I would like it to. But it, for me, I, I've never really been just a one track kind of person. 
Um, Which I think is great because most pastors listening to this, they can't do just one thing either. Well, I was, I remember having this conversation and I've had this so many times with Pastor Matt um, that my mind is never thinking about one thing. And it's not just, a, not that I'm just multitasking. It's like, I've never had just one thing to do. Right. Even when I was, you know, younger than I am now in college, we planted this church while I was still a senior in high school, or a senior in college, not senior in high school, but a senior in university. And so I was working a job and I was going to school full time and we planted the church and we built a building during that time as well. So there was just a lot of things going on and you have to have that understanding that there is just gotta be certain days that you have to focus on only one thing. You can wear many hats, but certain days can only wear one at a time. There's only a hundred percent of you to give. Absolutely. Right, and only so many hours in a day and, to get and, it. And if you're, if you, if you feel the uh, pressure to be a hundred percent in five different places, you're going to not only burn out, you're not going to do those jobs, you're not going to complete them. You're going to be a terrible family member, um, and so you, you got a hundred percent to give in a week. You know, you got to divide it up. Absolutely. And I know when we were launching the West Campus, uh, even before Pastor David, we were able to bring you on while we were still in the process of finding you. Um, there were days that I talked to you, Pastor Matt, and said, okay, for the next two weeks, I'm going to get to give our campus and Mark Tree, you know, minimal attention because it's going to require me to do this. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's... It requires you to have done really well in your other things in order for you to be able to let go have a little, little bit so that you can have yeah. some margin. Yep. And I think um, being healthy in ministry is such a priority because it lets you have that margin. It lets you have a little bit of extra when you've empowered other people right. to do certain things because yeah. you can allow them to have their freedom to flow in that as well. Absolutely. That's great. And something else, just perfect segue, Pastor, you mentioned that what we're doing is in some ways intimidating because it's original in so many ways, but in other ways, there have been somewhat similar things out there that could be comparative. There are a lot of ministry networks, conferences around the world. They're designed to help pastors, to help churches grow, grow your ministry by 20% by implementing these 10 steps over the next 10 years. I mean, right. we, we've seen all these great things. So, But when y'all were praying about laying the foundation for the refuge net, what were some things that were out there already that you said, you know what, we do need to glean from that, but also there's some things out there that we're seeing we need to be different from that. And so just throwing that on the table, Mike, I started with him last time. Let me start with you first. So this network does this, this network does that. So what were some things, first of all, that you saw out there that, you know what, Refuge does need to look like that in a little way? I, I really, um, for me, it was people that we've been connected to that I know have done things successfully in ministry, but not just that. We realized that we weren't recreating the wheel. Um, we are really, our focus in it was to be as relational as possible. Mm -hmm. And in things that we saw that people did similarly, things like a, an annual gathering where we'll bring everybody together right. um, and then help make that very um, possible for them to do that because uh, in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of expensive to even try to get people together, not just on the hosting church, but on everybody that's just involved in it. And right. so we wanted to create something where there's an annual gathering, but we also like the the conversations 
that are had through you know network calls uh, via Zoom or in person. And one thing that we wanted to do was because a lot of our relationships are centered around Northeast Arkansas, you know, hopefully we'll grow outside of that pretty soon. But, you know, a lot of our relationships are centered around, you know, this part of the, our region, making our, our facilities a place that can host a lot of people. Right. Um, so upgrading some things around our conference room, things like this podcast, uh, things that just creating uh, many avenues in which somebody can connect and not being singular focused and kind of tagging off of what we just talked about, right. not being so singularly focused that we're only doing one thing. And I'm not saying that we need to do 80 different things, but I would like to have multiple opportunities for people to find themselves connecting to this house. Pastor, anything else that you can think of that is not maybe exact, but similar to what's already out there that RefugeeNet needs to be? Yeah, so I feel like that there are about six things that most networks or, uh, or organizations do um, can do. They provide oversight or a covering. They provide resources. They provide relationships. They provide some sort of equipping, some sort of encouragement, and then some sort of empowerment. And so uh, we've looked at the way that those uh, delivery systems work in denominations and other networks and really narrowed down, you know, what, what are we not? Uh, because we're not a, uh, we're not an oversight and a formal covering. Now, if somebody wants to become a refuge campus, that is a discussion absolutely that we'll have. But as far as credentialing people, and uh, and that that's not that's not where we're at. So that was taken off the table. Uh, but there are other things that are important, and 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 I'll zone in on this. Um, the attempt that all these networks make is to be relational. Mm -hmm. At the outset, that's known, that's understood, that that's necessary. It's something that's very needed. But what happens, especially, uh, and the counsel that we've received from consulting and, 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 and some of the folks that we are connected to that have helped us get the network um, position where it's at, uh, have confirmed to us that as a network grows, one of the first things to suffer is the feeling of connection and personal connection and the real authentic deep relationships tend to be lost right. as the gatherings grow and the demands grow of numbers and money uh, and the availability of the leaders. Uh, it just, and, and, and so meanwhile, as I mentioned earlier, that's where this whole thing really began for me was the, was the organic relationships and so it became obvious to us that, uh, that while others focus to a degree on relationships, we needed to take that and really hit the gas as the focal point of the net to where if you're part of the refuge network, you feel like you have a ministry family. Mm. In, not just because we say so in a mission statement, um, but because I really know who I can pick up the phone and call. And if I'm having this kind of problem, I'll call this guy. And if I'm just having the worst day of my life and need to dump on somebody, I can call Pastor Matt, you know, and not feel bad about it. Right, um, right. it where other networks fulfill other things. See, other networks that provide you with great resources, we probably won't get into a um, tremendous depth of, uh, you know, being 
prolific with our resource provision. I mean, you can, there's some things that we'll be glad to help you with, be it grow groups or uh, lead team uh, or those things. But, you know, are we going to be a publishing house? No, that's not really what we're about. Right. But, um, but we will give those who connect a real sense of someone you have a conversation with. Uh, and hopefully because of the trying to interconnect the network members, uh, not just with us who are leaders here on this podcast, but, uh, but within the network, uh, you know which guy to call based on what's going on in your life or ministry right. um, and, and, and really create that real, when we say network, we mean net. We mean the many connection points yes. um, of real relationships. Does that mean that we will probably not reach uh, the level of hundreds and hundreds of churches? Yeah, probably. And that's fine because if, if, if we grow exponentially, then there will need to be other networks that form because the guiding principle, first of all, is going to be this has to be relational or we've missed our calling. Right. Absolutely. And you said something there because as it grows exponentially, there'll have to be people within, which brings up the thing that there's so many churches out there that do things very similarly but where God has planted them is unique vision for them and the place they're at, the, the culture they're in, the city they're right. in, the state they're in. What works in Georgia probably won't work in California. There's things that have to be unique and tailored to theirs. So, Michael, let me come back to you. The vision, the, the, the organic growth of this, what God has placed in y'all's hearts, what about RefugeNet needs to be different than what's already out there? I think Pastor hit it spot on the head that, the, the size wasn't really the goal in any of this or even a large number, but in just creating the healthy relationships that, that flow in both directions. Um, and I, I've talked about this at agnosium uh, with, with our refuge churches is that everything I see God doing in the kingdom is in circles. And it is in the overlap of these circles that the kingdom is thriving at its best, I believe. That, yeah, yeah there are places in, like you said, maybe in southeast Georgia that might not be the same as northwest Washington. You know, that you may have to do things a little bit differently in those places, but there are things in our lives and our ministries that overlap. And then if we can highlight the overlap, right. um, I think we can live in the overflow. And I'm believing that what we will do is is not necessarily just create relational connections, but help um, circles be brought together. And one pastor said, making streams come mm. together. If we can just help these circles find themselves connecting with each other. Yes, there may be people in this group that don't agree totally with everything that's going on in this group, but there is a certain part of everything that we believe that does overlap with each other. And if we can just focus on what we do mm -hmm. have in common with each other, I think we can accomplish a lot more for the kingdom. Pastor, you want anything? Yeah, I just was thinking I, if I'm going to be totally transparent, um, the, the refuge net uh, there's a little selfish element on my part about it, and that is that everybody that connects to us adds such value to me personally and to our refuge ministry, um, and that's already true. I mean, I could go, I could go down uh, some of the list of the partners that we already have and say, you know, what you, what you have invested or meant to us already, and so I, you know, this is what Micah said in both flowing in both directions. Um, 
you know, hopefully there's something that we have to offer, but, uh, but we're also on the receiving end of, of this many connections just makes us better, really makes us all better. Um, because what if, what if we, we always talk about Ephesians four and I better not too much because I can sermonize it well, but, um, when people talk about Ephesians four, they generally think about the body being the local body. Right. And that's true enough. But the reality is, if you back out your microscope and you take that course adjustment and back it way out and look at the large scope of the church, um, that was all. That was not just uh, because that letter was written to Ephesus and probably shared with numerous other churches. This is not just about your individual body, but every joint supplying. Um, what if refuge is a joint? You know. What if each of our campuses is a joint? Not just the individual members, but each church that's part of the network has right. a joint. Because I, I can tell you right now, you know, we've got some, we, we've got a church, one of our churches that's, you know, partnering with us right now is, uh, has got a pastor who's tremendously gifted in finances. And what if that's what he brings to the table and somebody else brings uh, their expertise to that? What if every joint being these different churches were to supply each other and not just the individual bodies find themselves, but what if the body mm-hmm. finds itself? That's awesome. Um, which is why I alluded to earlier, there need to be many networks. There need to be many of these happening. I'm also just thinking about just kind of the way that we do ministry here at Refuge Church. You know, every fourth Sunday we call Revival Night on the Sunday night service. And many of those revival services we've taken outside of here into different churches. Right. Um, I think we've, we went to, it was between seven and ten different churches this last year. Um, with all of these different traveling things and whatnot. I realized that Refuge didn't get to go with all of them, but there's been... Uh, there was a handful, more than just a handful of them that we took the entire church to. And all of those churches were different that we went to. Oh, vastly. They were different in denomination. Yeah. They were different in their worship style. They were different in their geographic location, nonetheless. But, I mean, they were different in every way possible. Younger churches, older churches, churches that were similar to us, churches that were not so similar to us. And we went there and we found kindred spirit there as we went because it really isn't so much about what differences we have if we can just continue to highlight the overlap of the circles that are coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I encourages me is that this is so organically already who we are just among our three campuses. Pastor, one of the things you talked about with me uh, when I came on was that our campuses will have unity, but they don't have to have uniformity. Right. And I'll never forget when you said that, because I mean, what we're going to probably do for those of you listening, we're probably going to do a podcast later uh, episode about pastoring in different climates, because I don't know if y'all know this, Pastor Micah pastors a campus in the rural area of Marchery. I pastor a campus in the suburb area of Jonesboro. Pastor Matt pastors the central campus, which is right in the heart of the city. So right here between our three campuses, we're pastoring in three very different climates and and areas of people. So Pastor, when you talk about the network being a, a, a organism that's organic and can be plugged in and can be applied and, and have streams going back and forth between any, any background, any denomination, because that's truly the heart of God, and that's what Jesus wanted the church to become. But talk to that, how the network is going to be something that brings unity to the body of Christ, but not necessarily uniformity. Yeah, well, I think, I think the way that that happens is with a network, which we've got to operate uh, 
we have to operate in a different way than denominations work. Correct. Because denominationally, uh, in some in some organizations, uh, they, you know, they may they may talk a better game than this, but uniformity is really what we're after. If we're being really honest. And, um, you know, and, and within a denomination, obviously doctrinal uniformity is kind of a requirement, but, but the problem is that bleeds over into a lot of other things. Um, and so we've got to operate very differently than that. But a network uh, is, is a blessing because it's a, you know, this thing is voluntary. This thing is, is hey, do you see value here? Uh, then that means you saw something to connect to. In other words, a place where we're similar, a place that you can identify with. But with you, as you connect, comes all of your uniqueness and actually adds value to everybody else. And so uh, I think a network like this celebrates um, the individuality and the uniqueness in that, you know, we end up gathering around certain values we have similar, but because you're at the table, you've also brought the rest of who you are, which probably enlightens me on some things I need to see and, and informs some of my thinking that needed to be informed differently. And uh, so in those ways, you know, we keep the kingdom of God in focus and the, and the main thing's the main thing, but uh, but we're all expanding our, our understanding of the diversity of the kingdom because it does take every joint to supply because this thing is a body. And according to Ephesians 4, it takes everybody to begin to reflect the body of Christ yeah. to the world. And uh, so I, I just feel like the network gives us that opportunity to gather around core things, but, uh, but celebrate everybody's differences and lean into them and, and, and draw from, uh, and draw from those experiences. Pastor Micah, you want to add anything? I remember hearing that about uniformity and unity not too long ago as well. And just loving that you can look the same, but it doesn't mean you are the same and you could look different from each other and still be the same. Because I think about, I think we have that in this room today. You know, I, all of our personalities are different from each other. Right. Um, Very. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and some of our upbringing is similar. I know Pastor Matt and I's upbringing is very similar to each other just based on some old conversations. But, like, even in our differences, we're still brought together and can find each other, not just cohabitating at the same table together, but actually thriving and doing godly things for the kingdom right. that are that are successful. And uh, that's what I'm hoping that we can recreate some in, these, in, our, in our partner churches for sure. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Refuge Net Podcast. Be sure to look in the description for notes from today's episode and for more information about the Refuge Ministry Network. We appreciate you for listening and thank you to all of our network partners and to God be all the glory. Have a blessed day, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply.